0: This is Andrew Thorpe King, author of Failure Rules, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. 1, 2, 3, four. the Brutally Delicious Podcast, mm-hmm. the Brutally Delicious Podcast, the Brutally Delicious Podcast, the
1: Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm doing great. Thanks for joining
0: me. got it. The problem. not coming.
1: Finally, I think we've been trying to get this to work out for a little bit of time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been a couple months or something like that, Going back and forth with Austin, yeah.
1: You doing all right? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. Where are you located?
0: Uh, Philly area.
1: Oh, okay. So not too far. I'm in Richmond.
0: Okay, nice. Good. Yeah,
1: nice. I like Philly, actually. Every time I've been there, it's been a, a blast.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's great place, although... A little less great in recent years. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the food is pretty awesome in that city as well. Yes.
0: So. That's, that's true. I lived in the city for a while and then uh, left to the pandemic and moved to the Burbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, very happy about it. It's been a good move. Still going to the city, but, you know, living in the right. Burbs now.
1: A little bit safer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's we can just, just jump right in and, and talk, about, uh, talk about your book here. Um, sure. Where did the idea or the impetus come from for failure rules?
0: Yeah, so uh, it was around tail end of 2013. I was taking a beach walk, at Brigantine, New Jersey, uh, kind of a contemplative beach walk on Father's Day. I was with my ex-wife at the time, and uh, was walking through like twin failures at the time, right? So I just um, uh, exited my position as a partner in an online lending company. So it was like a business divorce with the next business partner. Mm-hmm. So that required some thinking around reorganizing my financial life and my pursuits. Also, I knew I was on the precipice of a marital divorce. Uh, I mean, I was with my wife at the time, but things were not heading in the right direction. Right. And I was thinking about just life in general, um, you know, hard times in general. I was listening to the song Hard Times by the Cro-Mags as I was thinking through all this and right on a playlist. And, um, you know, John Joseph from the Cro-Mags wrote the foreword to the book. And, um, you know, I was just... Um, Reflecting on my 20s and my 30s and everything that I had gone through as an entrepreneur, as a creative, uh, and how I encountered certain difficulties, failures, tricky situations, and what I had learned from them. Uh, and also kind of the underpinning philosophies that have really helped me get through them and and see them with a different lens, all the different virtual mentors uh, and inputs that really buoyed me during those times. Uh, and then the, the quote from Winston Churchill, um, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm, really kind of stuck in my mind. And that was the one thing that was kind of my my, my constant was no matter what was going on, whether it was like You know, navigating uh, the worlds of finance and banking in different variations that i had done over time or owning a gym or uh, owning two record labels or being a bodybuilder, uh, you know, competing there and writing a spy novel. All these things like um, there's always an enthusiasm thread. One thing ended, one thing collapsed, and there was already uh, always an enthusiasm thread to keep me going on something new, some sort of adjacent possible um, and so that quote really like stuck in my mind, and I got convicted to write a book on the value of failure, and I started out that journey, wrote some loose notes that day, various iterations over seven years, then uh, working with Scribe Media to get the uh, production going and all the editing, and it finally became what it is today.
1: So it was a seven-year process, huh?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say, oof, yeah, seven years at least, right, for just writing it, getting it to a draft that I felt comfortable right. uh, presenting to editors, and then another year, year and a half on going back and forth with the editors, just refining it. Right. So probably a little, little more than seven years at that point.
1: So I have two quick, I mean, not too quick, but two questions for you from what you brought up. First, was it difficult putting all of your personal stories and all of, I guess, dirty laundry into the book? Did you feel yeah. too vulnerable?
0: A little bit. Yeah, I mean, but I pushed through it because I really knew that, like, the books that inspired me were the ones that fucking did that. Right. Like, James Altucher's Choose Yourself, the shit that guy wrote about about his ups and downs as an entrepreneur, losing it all, gaining it all, stuff with his divorce, all these things. Like, that was one of the books that inspired me. Same with uh, Srinivas Rao, who's now kind of become, like, a coach for me, who wrote uh, The Art of Being Unmistakable. And, like, those books inspired me to write this book, so I had to take the same approach. I mean, writing about sensitive topics like having to declare personal bankruptcy to uh, to to keep going and, and and really allow my record labels to long term be, be sustainable. Uh, you know, the, the divorce stuff, um, everything from being investigated by the feds to panic attacks to, to right. abandoning my home to uh, the most sensitive going on going on food stamps, you know. Uh, But leveraging other people's stories, like the food stamps one, leveraging Roger Moret's story from the Nazi Front growing up on food stamps, his view of it of, you know, making sure it's a hand up and not a hand out. uh, Because, you know, Nazi Front famously also wrote a song eviscerating people that abuse the welfare system, even though Roger himself grew up on welfare. Um, So there's some serious nuance there, right? And then also... um, Stephanie Land of the show The Maid on Netflix, she wrote the book The Maid, her story of, of being a, a, a single mom, you know, house cleaner on food stamps and, and, and the grit of her working through that. And so, like, leveraging other people's stories really helped give context to my own personal stories, I think, and, and allowed me to feel more confident and connecting the dots to my stories as I, as I lay them on. on, on the
1: Was page. there stuff that you wrote originally and axed out? You're like, shit, I can't put that in there.
0: Well that the food stamps ones was the hardest for me man there was like this working class pride me that just didn't want to admit that I ever needed help like that right particularly from government because it would be the last place that I would want it but I got in a position where that was necessary and gaps couldn't be filled otherwise and I was working my ass off and it just wasn't enough and uh, I had three young children and you know that I, I, I had to, had to do it so that was very difficult for me from a from a pride standpoint but I had to get over that and uh really spell out my um the lessons I learned from it
1: gotcha so the other question i had was that came up right off the bat was the book i think is super timely right because everybody has been so beaten down over the last couple of years and everybody is so fucked up myself included you know just at sometimes just trying to keep one foot in front of the other and the book kind of helps you at least from my point of view like keep one foot in front of the other or rethink yeah reframe things does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely yeah yeah, so just if you don't mind me asking, like for you, was there anything in the book particular that was a, a, a you know a pivot moment for you in, in terms of how you're thinking about things? Um,
1: I think, and the quote I wrote in my notes here, and it's it's probably in your bio too, but the quote I wrote in my the quote I wrote, sorry, I can't fucking talk. <laughs> um, Embrace the f word and let the hard times make you stronger because after it sucks, I think that is like great.
0: Yeah, after it sucks, failure rules. That's right. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Like, you know, just for your 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 readers and your viewers here, I'll hold the book up. It's failure rules: the five rules of failure for entrepreneurs, creatives, and authentics. You can find it anywhere books are consumed online. Uh, go check it out. Go buy it. Give it a read. Download the audio audiobook, whatever you uh, whatever you know, yank you crank. But yeah, so I mean, that's the, the tagline is after it sucks, failure rules. Because there's no denying that it sucks, right? Like this right. isn't some sort of like sugarcoating, self helpy like you know, like uh yeah.
1: No because exactly. I think it's yeah, I think it's like, down you know, and dirty and you're and you're in yeah. the trenches and I think you know as a reader you, you pick that up and you can yeah. relate to it. Yeah. Right. I think what you just said is right. It's not glossy and and nice. It's really down and dirty at times. Yeah. But I think you can relate to it because like I said, we've all been sort of beaten down and fucked up over the last few years.
0: Yeah. And that's the message of the book, man. Like in the rubble you you can find you can find find the jewels in the rubble but you have to fucking dig it's going to be painful you're going to to sit in some discomfort you have to learn to energize chaos right so instead of letting the chaos just hit you and knock you down see it as an energy that you can step outside of it be objective you know push aside your emotional participation and steer that energy to reshape your life in a new way And that's failure rule number one is failure purifies it's taking a look at your failure event and saying okay I am not this event. This is happening to me, even though I wish I avoided it or it was avoidable. It's here. How can I look at this and see how it can burn off, uh, extinguish things within me that needed to be burned off, old thinking, old ways of being, old habits, old faulty foundations? And how can I rebuild and reshape and expand myself and do a new iteration of myself? That takes a lot of work. It takes intentionality. It takes a premeditative thought process. But that is the idea. And I go through tons of examples in the book of people who, 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 their your, their moment of failure purification became kind of the crucible that really made them who they were in a unique way on their calling journey that otherwise they might not have been right you now and it's those type of stories i mean johnny cash is a perfect example just off the top of my head i mean like you know he he was on this kind of forced track to be a salesman for his ex-father-in-law decided to listen to his internal spirit voice rebel against that go after music but in that journey it was chaos right like he couldn't maintain a marriage because of the lifestyle you know he couldn't handle fame so he succumbed to drug addiction there's all kinds of tragedy this and that but then in act two when he kind of got over the curve and found redemption in that it gave so much more texture and depth and beauty and truth to his music
1: oh yeah because it's real and authentic
0: yeah, it was like the purification of his failures ended up being his greatest strength in the end, right. and and it informed his art in such a you know perennial way.
1: So, what do you say? And I, I know you're not a—I well, don't believe you're a psychologist anyway. But what do you say to people that are continuously beat down and and you know it doesn't—they don't see the end to that failure, that cycle. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah, it sure does. Well, I I, I can understand that. I mean, there's there's times where you're in the abyss where it's hard to see that any pinprick of light might ever shine through that you can grab onto and find some micro momentum so it's very very difficult but i've always found personally and i think there's a lot of data to suggest that action is always a cure action you know uh, precipitates reinvention and you know wallowing in your feelings overvaluing your feelings over action doesn't work um you know it's the old saying that's pretty popularized right now that mood follows the action um you know that you have to find a way to come up with a reasonable plan of experimentation out of your abyss and you need to start taking action on things and many of them might fail but you have to have a waterfall if this then that if not this then what like and you have to like you know have this scaffolding of ideas uh, and go after it so perfect example um when i got divorced uh, my first time and when i was um uh go through this business divorce at the same time all of a sudden after being long married and and being an entrepreneur I, I found myself uh with no home to live in and no office to go to by day i was living out of a hotel room right. uh, i could have drowned in alcoholism or, or something of that effect i didn't i still love alcohol I drink much bourbon but uh <laughs> instead i had this idea engine kind of already ready, waiting in the ready because that was my mentality uh and out of that emptiness, that failure space, the purification of that, there was five new strands of reinvention that occurred. I ended up taking, um, because prior I had uh, been partnering online lending businesses, I ended up doing consulting in that space and got some good gigs. One of those gigs led to a proper um, formation of a lead generation company that was lucrative at the same time i rejuvenated my record labels was putting out records by bands like booze and glory and the coffin cats and the creep show and at the same time i finished my first spy novel uh, and then i also began writing failure rules and then i also found my way into um the corporate world uh as a commercial banker in the fintech space payment space which to me at the time was akin to like you know going from like online lending space which was you know very kind of alt lending Mm -hmm. uh, almost so iranian you know payday loan moniker kind of thing right going from that to to corporate banking you know uh was like going from a porn star to a regular actor so that was a big deal i'm still in that career now uh, almost 10 years in and flourishing so like five things were born out of that failure space so instead of just lamenting it oh oh woe is me i'm not married anymore and this other business Partnership didn't work out like you have to look at what's left and what can you piece together and don't just have one plan Have multiple and institute them in parallel.
1: Okay So I'm I'm reminded as you're talking of that movie uh, with Bill Murray. What about Bob, right? So like momentum (laughs) you're saying and baby steps, right? I mean if you're moving you're moving,
0: correct? Yeah Yeah, it's moving man. It's it's, it's about moving man. I mean baby steps are not but like it's also multiple stats it's also Again, like, you know, portfolio pursuits, like nothing is safe. That's failure rule number two. So because nothing is safe, have a portfolio pursuits mentality, you know, have kind of prioritized a prioritized list of ambitions and try to institute them in parallel or at least have one or two waiting in the ready on standby should your first, uh, you know, one or two not work out the way you want or not pace the way you expect.
1: Right. Are you surprised about how you ended up or where you ended up with this book? I mean, you couldn't have imagined all of that stuff that happens would launch something like this, right?
0: No, that's the other thing. look at that, right? Like if these things didn't happen, I wouldn't have the opportunity to talk about, I think, very meaningful and deep concepts and experiences, both my own and those that I study in the book. Uh, If if that stuff didn't happen, you know, I don't think I would have been able to utilize those introspective talents, my writing talents in the same way without going through those fires. Right. So it's, you know, it's absolutely, you know, you know, Turkish turning chicken shit into chicken salad.
1: (laughs) I'm also thinking as I'm talking to you that this has got to be leading to TED talks, public speaking. There must be some stuff on the horizon. Right.
0: That's where it's going. I haven't really invoked all that yet, but uh, because I've put too much effort into that, I'm just working on a podcast tour now. So I'm just trying to do as much media as possible, two or three a week. Right. Keep that going until it's exhausted. I'm going to start my own podcast when that's exhausted. But in the interim, I am looking at uh, going after some speaking events, and so that'll start happening soon. I'm doing some events type things in the cigar world because there's some crossover there. Lots of entrepreneurs in that space, and mm-hmm. smoking on the cover. I have endorsements from cigar personalities on the book and stuff like that. Uh, and then end up doing some cross stuff with music. I'm thinking about doing, and talk to a few people behind the scenes. I can't mention about maybe doing some sort of like spoken word tour. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking.
1: It leans itself yeah. or
0: lends itself that way. Yeah, I haven't haven't organized yet, but I've, I've had a few conversations with some some authors in the music space, and so we'll we'll see if we can get that going at some point. But um, yeah, that, that another cool thing that happened recently is. Um, uh, newman university ended up uh choosing the book to be uh required reading as part of one of their entrepreneur minor courses oh wow fall. yeah so now it's going to be on the syllabus required reading and they're going to have me come in and speak and it's part of the curriculum and so that's pretty badass to oh it's that great forced to read you know case studies of Lemmy from motorhead <laughs> so along those same lines then do you
1: feel a sort of responsibility now because it's taken on a life of its own
0: yeah, I feel responsibility to honor the work, right? So I did all the work in writing it. And so the harder part is building an audience and evangelizing it out in the world. That takes more of a long tail, and, and for me, it's harder, more long tail, and money is being invested in all of that. So I'm looking at it like a multi-year plan. I have it all mapped out. Again, if this, then that, and, and, and kind of backup plans to pivot to if one methodology doesn't work. And so I'm invoking that. You know, it's six months in, had over 40 appearances, either already recorded or scheduled. Right. And uh, I have, I'm working with, uh, you know, a um, a campaign manager for my Amazon ads, working on speaking ideas. I have a merchandise company that I started, Soul and Fire Supply Company that echoes the themes of the book. There's a special cigar line for it. I got the soundtrack to the book, the playlist. There's all these tentacles and eventually I'll do the podcast. So it's like, what, how can I take this message and repurpose the message in as many formats as possible over time right uh, to both promote the book and just promote the message in and of itself because it's the book is nothing but a, a medium for the message so however the message gets out there it doesn't matter to me sure i'd like to find ways to monetize it and that's part of the plan but it's really mostly a, i wouldn't even say a labor of love it's a, it's a calling really it, it's it's a right. calling for me at this point i feel like this gives me the highest meaning in my life especially when i have people that are you know right mean or affected by the book or can relate to it or you know, here's something I said, and it, it, it changed the thinking on something. Or,
1: and that's or, funny you brought that up because that's my next question. I'm sure you've had people respond to you and say, hey, you know, this changed my thought process or made me have baby steps or take baby steps one in front of the other and do something. How does that make you feel in the end, and can you share any of those stories?
0: Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think of anything specific. Um, yeah, so recently I, I posted something on uh, Instagram uh, and, um, I don't even remember exactly what I posted, but I, I do these like hot tub updates on Instagram where I'm hanging out in my hot tub, smoking a cigar, and <laughs> I'm just thinking about some issue or some concept, and I, mm-hmm. I say something. Um, and uh, I don't remember specifically what I said, but whatever it was, it, it gave this person clarity on leaning into, um, uh accepting uh um you know uh, reduced hours at work and going after starting their own screen printing business mm-hmm. uh because of that event that somewhat failure event so that was just one off the top of my head and then there's been many like that
1: so as the yeah. creator and the writer that's got to make you feel i don't want to say validated because i don't know if that's even necessary to be validated but it's got to make you feel pretty good right
0: yeah. Well, it makes me feel like, all right, this, this is, this is, you know, the purpose in it. Right. Right. Like it's not to sell a million bucks. So that'd be great. Uh, it's to sustainably be able to have avenues to um, purvey the message and to get the message out to the world, and have it, have people resonate with it. I mean, that's really the purpose. Right. Um, uh, you know, I, I still hold a day job. My money comes from elsewhere. Um, This is generating some money to go against the cost, but not nearly enough. And that's okay. I expected that. This is really about, like, in some ways, it's about present purpose and future legacy.
1: Nice. And for those not familiar with the failure rules, I mean, you draw from a bunch of different stories or a bunch of different artists and characters that people can identify with. And I'm just looking at the list here. Everybody from um, Henry Rollins to Toby Keith. Even J.K. Rowling, right? Yeah. So the people find something to identify with. How did you find all those stories? I mean, was it just a ton of research or? Uh,
0: A little bit of research, but most of it was very intuitive, right? Like most of these stories I'd already encountered were actually ones that already like kind of changed me or shaped me or stuck in my head and literally helped me out through hard times or people that I, whose stories really inspired me. Right. So there were a cast of virtual mentors. I mean, everybody from, the 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 ex the the, the late spy novelist Vince Flynn to Lemmy from Motorhead you mentioned J K Rowling uh, entrepreneur podcaster James Altucher ex gang leader Elgin James who was uh, who started FSU in Boston who now is a screenwriter and um, mentee of Robert Redford and and mm-hmm. wrote the script for uh, Minds and spin off the Sons of Anarchy to Captain Tony Tarasino, you know who was uh, the mayor of uh, of key west florida before he passed away and was a bit of a renegade to you know thomas smallwood the professional bowler like a real wide variety of people i mean obviously there's a music thread throughout the whole thing right, right. I mean, i'm quoting scott Mogle from te- from terror you know uh hate breed the song divinity of purpose that that song that in and of itself was a big uh influence on me and um, you know, you mentioned Moralins and there's all kinds of music throughout. But but I draw from all kinds of entertainment, philosophy, religion, everything. I mean, you know, quoting everything from again Aristotle to Lemmy, you know. Right. So,
1: right. That's what I, That was my point. So yeah, it's a little bit of everything in there, and people can identify. You know, it's not just punk, or it's not just metal, and it's not just political right. figures. It's everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, not just entertaining stuff like. True business mind. It's true, uh, right. you know, whether I'm quoting, you know, Tim Ferriss or, um, you know, whoever else, you know. So it's it's it, it's definitely a business psychology book, but it's deeper than that. Mixes in a lot of spirituality, mixes in a lot of philosophy um, and, and a lot of art and creativity. Right. And I think they all go hand in hand for sure.
1: I know this is probably too early, but are you uh, already looking for a sequel?
0: Well, I want to. Next thing I do, I want to make sure whatever I do next is built on the back of a proper audience that's been built. So that's where I'm at now. So if that takes two years, three years, wherever I feel like, all right, you know, because the book's selling consistently with with an upward trajectory, right? Mm -hmm. So building an audience. I want to get to the point where I feel like that is kind of built. Then I'll drop another product and it'll be something in the universe, right? So, right. you know, it might be just taking a concept from this book and isolating and writing a whole book on that concept, point one right. from one concept. But something still the failure rules universe just to keep the brand going and get it to go life.
1: Yeah. It's hard to keep people's attention spans these days. Everybody's got like the 30 second
0: mm-hmm.
1: attention span. So, the fact that it's, you know, progressing and growing is great because people lose interest yeah. so
0: quick. Yes, they do. I know. It's uh, it's it's the downside to the uh, the immediacy of, of uh, disintermediation disinterme- and being able to get things out there to the world. Yep. So can everybody else. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of noise to cut through.
1: Right. I mean, e- even in the music world, you know, they listen to one song instead of a record and maybe 30 mm-hmm. seconds of that song and already looking to flip to something else. And it's yeah. all that hard work that, you know, the artist or the writer into it is kind of just so disregarded. It's a shame.
0: And I'm guilty of it too, but I mean, it's also the beauty of the multi-format like world. Like you can chop up a long-form podcast, do many different cuts, and post them on different socials, and at least try to get cuts out there where people could consume them without uh, uh, their attention span expiring. You know, right? You know, it's it's just part of what you got to do. You got to put it into different different uh, formats.
1: Yep. That's going to bring me to the end of my questions. Did I miss anything you want to cover?
0: I don't think anything specifically. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, just for your um, listeners and viewers, I'll hold the book up, Failure Rules, The Five Rules of Failure for Entrepreneurs, Creatives and Authentics. Lots of great kind of music references in there, music personalities, also a lot of other things, um, you know, and uh, g- g- go check it out. Anywhere Where can we find you, can- you online? Yeah, you can find me at andrewthorpeking.com. No E at the end of Thorpe. Follow me on Instagram at andrewthorpeking. Same at YouTube at Andrew Thorpe King.
1: Yes. Thank you, my friend. I'm glad we finally got it to work out. Sorry about everything that's been uh, delayed, but
0: no worries. Life it's happens, talking. I guess, right? <laughs> you got it. That's the rules.
1: All right, man. Take care, my friend. Good
0: luck. Great day. All right, we'll Bye. see you. Bye. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? 020-D.com SoundTalentMedia.com or on your favorite podcast app.